0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted Nostum Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you guys are having an absolutely terrific, fantastic day today, and thank you again for supporting Health Masters and continuing to make us your number one supplement of choice. Thank you again for the support, and how are you doing this morning, Dad? Austin, I'm doing absolutely
1: wonderful. I'm going to have a special kind of show for you guys today. I, I've, I've really been doing a lot of studying this morning, and, and I've been praying about the show today, and there's so much uncertainty right now in the world. There's so much crazy stuff that's going on. I want to bring you guys a message of hope today. I'm going to talk about the blood of Jesus and what it means. Now, a lot of you know what I'm talking about when I talk about that. A lot of new listeners have no idea, and every so often, I'll play a, a show that we've done in the past, and this is going to be all fresh today, and I'm going to kind of come from a different perspective. Because I've had so many people now who basically have been blessed through a teaching that I did that the Holy Spirit gave me many years ago. In fact, it was interesting. One afternoon, one morning, we were praying in the living room. And I was very, how should I say, intrigued by how the blood of Jesus actually works and what it does. And I was praying and asking God, you know, for several weeks to really give me some insight into this. And all of a sudden, right in the middle of my prayer time was Sharon. He gives me like a six-page download as far as what the blood of christ really does and what it really means to be a christian and i thought wow and so i i I just ended the prayer i told sharon i said i just got you know a message from the holy spirit i've got to go write it down and so i wrote page after page after page and i remember one of the first people that i called up was doug hagman and i said doug i I'm, i'm kind of overwhelmed by what the lord just showed me about the blood and, and uh, I told, and I actually read it to Doug. And he goes, "Wow, Ted, can we do a show on that?" And we did. And It was one of the biggest shows that Doug and I've ever done. In fact, if I remember correctly, he told me it had like 10 million hits, 10 million listeners for views for that particular show. This is years and years ago. And I thought he says one of the biggest shows he's ever done. And, and I want to cover that with you guys today because listen to me, friends. We're in times of great uncertainty right now. And things are really getting kind of weird and you're getting heated up all over the world. And, you know, they're bringing in their new world order. They're bringing in what they want to bring in. But it's not going to be something that's going to affect us for eternity. We've got to get that. I've got a good friend of mine who's over there now in the far, you know, in the, in the, in the middle of the Ukraine and all the stuff that's going on over there. And he told me this morning, he sent me a text and an email and he said, he said, I can personally attest to bombs going off. Or this AM starting at 5, but you know, we have bombs going off. Russia's apparently attacking military targets and capabilities all around Ukraine, including in the capital city. There are hundreds of videos posted at 7 AM. The president of Ukraine instituted martial law, so the borders are closed between the states, and I'm no longer able to leave, and the airports are closed. Now, listen to me what he says in the next sentence because it really gave me just tremendous peace and hope. He said, Of course. I am not worried because I am protected by the blood of Jesus by Christ. And this is the if this is my time, then that's how it is. I pray that the Lord can use these times of worry and strive to bring closer people closer to him, your brother in Christ. Guys, we have such tremendous hope through Jesus. And I've talked to you guys so many times that He's the author, He's the finisher. He's the perfecter of our faith, and through him all things are possible. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. And this is the day the Lord hath made, and I will rejoice and I will be glad of them. Because we have the blood of Jesus. In the book of Hebrews, it says it's impossible to basically have forgiveness of sins without the shedding of blood. And God understood that. He understood it from a simple standpoint to tell us human beings so that we could understand it. And it's kind of interesting, because let's look at Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11. But when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands. That is to say, it is not part of creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered by the the most holy place once and for all by what? Once and for all by his own blood. Thus obtaining eternal redemption, the blood of goats and bulls and ashes of a heifer sprinkling on those who are ceremonially unclean, sanctify them so they are outwardly clean. How much more then, with the blood of Christ through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciousness from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant. And those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. Guys, it's so important that we understand what he did. In the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis, when, when Cain killed Abel, Abel's blood cried out. It, it was like a like a, like a a giant thunder wave. It was like a shock that went through the heavenlies and went through all of time space. In fact, the word... In the ancient Hebrew, it's T-S-A-A-G, to cry out the sound of thunder, a thunder blast. And in the same thing, in the New Testament, with Jesus in the book of Hebrews, it's Yahab, Y-A-B-A-B, to cry out, to basically become part of, how should I say, to go through all of time-space. Because in time-space, because Jesus is omnipresent and God is omnipresent, when it cries out, it goes out for all eternity in the past, in the present, and in the future. And In, in Hebrews twelve twenty-five, 25, it, it, it verifies this. It says, And to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. So Jesus' blood cried out more than what Abel's did. It all's There's a bunch of different verses I'm giving you. I'm going to post it on the website. And to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, covenant, Uniting God with man and to the sprinkled blood, which speaks of mercy, better and nobler, more gracious message than the blood of Abel, which cried out for vengeance. Another verse, same 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 verse, different interpretation. And to Jesus, the mediator, the go between agent of a new covenant and to the sprinkled blood, which speaks of mercy, a better and more noble and gracious than, than Abel. So we know that Abel's sacrifice and his blood crying out was minimal in comparison to the blood of the Most High God sacrificing his own son. So I want to talk to you about what that means today, and I want to give you hope. Just like my friend in the Ukraine has hope, I've got another friend of mine. He's a Christian. His name is Eric, and he's a physician. And I talked to him about the blood of Jesus, and I sent him one of our audios that we did years ago on the blood of Christ, and I said, you need to listen to this. You have no idea who you are in Christ Jesus and what the power you have and the authority that you have and the abilities that you have that Jesus has done for you and how you have eternal life, how you don't die. Your body will pass away, Your body will pass away leave this planet, and we'll basically go back to, to dust. But our spirit never leaves as a Christian. It goes directly to God Almighty. It's like we have a tether that connects us to, to God's throne room, into heaven. And as soon as we leave here, we go immediately, because of the covenant we have to god in heaven we have no fear and i remember with eric he listened to the teaching that we had done on this one of the other audios that we had done on this and he called me up and he goes why isn't this being taught from the pulpit And i said i don't know i don't understand any of this stuff and i don't understand why god gave it to me as a download i don't understand any of it. i I, I just need to know that people need to know that they have hope in jesus because of the blood and the blood does everything and that's exactly what the Satanic group did. and then They they basically copied it. They always try to create a forgery. And then their satanic rituals and their blood rituals on the high places in the Old Testament where they were sacrificing the Baal and the Moloch and the Asherah, they were always shedding blood almost as a mockery to God Almighty because they knew that through the shedding of blood there was forgiveness of sins. And they copy everything. They always try to come in and try to duplicate what God did for us and they try to either fool us with it or to do other things with it as far as trying to mislead us and that's exactly what the Rothschild banking cartel did when it got involved in our world and our life after Sabbatai Zevi in 1666 decided to declare himself messiah and lead the entire group to follow him over a million people into a satanic new world order and then 100 years later Jacob Frank brought the Rothschild boys and families into the new world order of Satanism and basically enslaved the entire planet through planet Rothschild as far as the banking cartels. And then they basically co-opted the entire Masonic lodges. They brought them in as, as carrier messengers to carry all the information they wanted to do, culminating with Albert Pike writing morals and dogma quite, quite an exact in the exact same amount of time. They decided they had to reinstitute Israel so they could rebuild a third temple so they could bring out the Antichrist, as it says in the book of Thessalonians, and declare him God as a resurrect their snake God they call Einsoff. Now you think, that sounds nuts. I agree with you. What do you want to say? It all sounds nuts. The problem is, that way of looking at this puzzle is the only thing that works. Now we've got pictures that Sharon is going to post on ST Brewer today of basically Putin, you know, with Klaus Schwab. You know, and he's him speaking at the World Economic Forum. That's right. Putin's speaking at the World Economic Forum. You think, well, what the heck does that even mean? Well, him and Klaus Schwab go way, way, way back. And we've got to realize something. You know, Putin is part of this. You really think that he's invading another country right now because he doesn't have permission from the higher ups? <laughs> you know, for the Rothschilds. They took over Russia when they killed Tsar Nicholas and his family in a bloody 10-year civil war that killed, some people say, 50 million. Other people say up to 100 million Russians were destroyed. They had the Red Army and the White Army. They were running around for years killing people. Finally, the people in Russia just gave up. They said, okay, forget it. We'll just do the communism. We can't take this anymore. They'd go in and burn villages and destroy farmers and kill farmers for not giving their crops away. It was all over Russia, and it went on for a decade People don't realize how long that bloody mess happened and how long it went on. And they finally took over Russia, but they couldn't get rid of the Orthodox Church in Russia. That's why it's been so difficult to subdue Russia. That's why it's been so much easier to come in and subdue China, because China doesn't have any teachings about Jesus or Christianity whatsoever. Here's, what, here's, here's, here's an article by Wagaman. It says, this is back in 2021. In January of 2021, Putin gave a keynote address before the World Economic Forum, the theme of the January 2021 forum was the Great Reset. Beginning his speech with warm warman, dear Klausch, Putin recalled how he first met Schwab in 92, since then had regularly attended events organized by the fourth industrial visionary. Unbelievable. Putin used his address to urge for expanding the scale of COVID testing and vaccinations across the globe and policies that have been ushered in worldwide through medical apartheid. Echoing the sentiments of the Western leaders, Putin also argued that the global economy would need to be rebuilt from the ground up by central banks. Are you listening, friends? The key question today is how to build a program of actions in order to not only quickly restore the global and national economies affected by the pandemic, but to ensure that this recovery is sustainable in the long run. It relies on a high-quality structure and helps overcome the burden of social imbalances. Now we're talking communism again. Clearly, with the above restrictions, the macroeconomic policy mine. Economic growth will largely rely on financial incentives with state budgets and central banks playing a key role. The Russian president has repeatedly stated vaccination should be voluntary, but his personal opinion has no impact on the actual policy. All 85 regions of Russia have now have decrees requiring certain segments of the population to be forced to take the kill shot. You think, what the heck? Yeah, well, that's that's the group of people that are doing this. It's the group of international bankers who do it. I'm also going to post really interesting videos called "All Wars or Banker Wars," and I want you guys to watch that. Because remember, what, but you know what, um, what was her name? It was it was it's it Mayor Amschel's mother on her deathbed, and she said, "This is what she said: Remember, if she, see, this, okay, her name's good. Excuse me for that. I'll have to. If my sons did not want wars, there would be none. This is Guru." Schnapper Rothschild, the wife of Mayor Amschel Rothschild, her quote on her deathbed in 1849. And I'm going to go ahead and put some other quotes in there from the Rothschild banking cartel and post them on the website. But we've got to realize that this group of people are so evil and so nefarious and so awful that they're running the entire world now through the ancient Canaanite religions of Baal, and moloch isis and osiris face and religions and this this is who they are and they want to bring back this morning i had another really well-known physician who if i told you her name you know exactly who she is she's been a guest on our show and she said you know this is as evil as it was in genesis chapter six and i said no it's not i said in genesis chapter six which is what their fantasy is to bring it back to that because jesus reset the entire world order two thousand years ago in genesis chapter six i told her that they were having human sacrifices in the open human people all the population was participating in it openly it's like the gladiatorial combats in rome but much much worse they would line up hundreds of people pyramids etc etc and just start slicing out hearts and eating the hearts and do these sick things to children. i mean sick stuff that was genesis chapter six when every thought was evil all the time, according to what the Bible says. And Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah, which is Genesis chapter 6, so shall it be upon my return. He's warning us this is going to happen. But here's what I've got to say about that, and I believe that we all who listen to this show have the same opinion on that, not on our watch. It may happen in 100 years. It may happen in 200 years. But as far as me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. And I'm going to continue to talk to you guys about this stuff, as long as the Holy Spirit allows me to do it, as long as it's physically possible, I don't care how old I am, if I'm physically capable of doing it, I'm going to do it. Because, guys, listen to me. We're in this together. You're my family. I prayed for you yesterday, and I want to thank, thank all of you for all the positive comments that you sent to me last night on ST Bro or Instagram and the show and all the stuff that we covered yesterday, because it means the world to me. Because, guys, we're in this together, but we're telling you the truth. But let's talk about the blood of Jesus. Let's talk about what's going on, and let's talk about how... Everything comes down to the blood, everything. And I remember when I spoke with this other female doctor, and I talked to her about the blood of Jesus, and I sent her one of my teachings on that. She goes, "This is everything." And I said, "Yes, I know, but the churches won't teach this. They won't talk about the blood. Heck, I was in church on Sunday. The guy did a pretty good speech, you know, sermon. There's not one cross in the church. The entire church is painted black. The heck's that even supposed to mean? The whole thing's painted black, and this was a beautiful church." I was there before they painted it black. Beautiful woodworking, beautiful backstage, beautiful everything. Now it's all painted black, you know, with laser lights. And I'm like, why would you do this? You've got this beautiful church, like a cathedral almost, and you paint it black. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? But that's what they're doing all over the place, taking crosses down everywhere. Let's talk about the blood of Jesus. And, guys, it's so important that we have to understand that it was necessary to shed blood. God and Jesus are basically the same as Adam was. Jesus is, com- is basically created in God's image. He's the exact representation of God Almighty, it says in the book of Hebrews. Exactly. Okay? That's why the evil one was determined to contaminate Adam in the very beginning, and that's why the fallen angels came here to do so until the flood, and then they also did it afterwards, it says in the Bible. Jesus was the second Adam, a lot of people call him, the theologians call him. That's why his blood is so important, because it is literally the blood of God, because he's God's son, created in God's exact image. Jesus' blood, through, I guess is the easiest way to say this, through plasma physics, carries the very frequency, the very energy of the creator of the universe, God Almighty. This is basic cellular biology. It says God is omnipresent, remember he doesn't have to wear a wristwatch, he's everywhere at all time, there is no time with God. It doesn't exist with him. He is the beginning and the end. The Alpha, the Omega, when his blood, the blood of Jesus, was spilled on the cross, his blood, through its cellular communication, through light photons, it talks about this with Jesus' blood crying out more so than the blood of Abel, Throughout the entire universe, through scalar waves, through the double helix Tesla step-up coil, using a, the, today's vernacular, broadcasts his perfect cellular DNA frequency energy field throughout all time space continually for all of eternity to restore our DNA. This is why the book of Hebrews says that the spilling of Jesus' blood covers us forever. Guys, that's let me explain to you. But I, I always go back and I ask these pastors, and I always mess with their heads a little bit. I always ask them what omnipresent means, and they go, "What do you mean? omnipresent? It means, you know, forever and ever, you know, from the beginning and from the end." I said, "That's right." And then I always ask them, and I, said, I asked this question to them: In the book, in, in, in the Book of John, when Jesus was about to go to the cross, you know, he asked God to take this cup away from him. And I always ask, "Why did he do that?" And they said, well, you know, and of course you have the typical, you know, he was frightened, he was in a human body, and all those are true. All these different things that we've talked about over the years is true, but the reality is you think about it for a second. Jesus was not omnipresent when he's in a physical body, which means he was going to experience the cross once and be done with it. Once he went back to heaven, he was going to become omnipresent again with God, and when that happened, he would experience the cross for all eternity, along with being at the right hand of God the Father, along with being in the book of Revelation also will be in the book of Genesis, everything becomes one time with him again. And I talked to Mark Rutland about this, and he says, you know, you're right, Ted. I said, yeah, so the interesting thing is this. How does an omnipresent God come off the cross if he experienced that in his timeline, if he's omnipresent? See, that's what I believe when Jesus said, is there another way to do this other than this? That's why I believe he said that. Because he understood what was going to happen when he went back to the omnipresent phase. Because remember, when he, became, when he came, into, came into his fullness after puberty, and he was being taught by God Almighty. And all of the memories of being in the Garden of Eden, all the memories of Adam and Eve, and all of the memories that he had started coming back to him. And he started to realize who he was. Because when he was a child, the baby didn't know who he was. And we talked about this with Mark Rutland on the show I did with him last year. You guys need to listen to that. And so when Christ was made perfect through that, and he understood who he was, he became a sacrifice for us. And he knew what was going to happen as an omnipresent God. But that's what he was willing to do. You think about it for a second. If you think how much he loved you, that he was willing to go to the cross for a few hours to carry the sacrifice of the sins of the whole world, how much more would he have loved you as an omnipresent being to do that for all of eternity, to continue to allow his blood to sanctify you? Think about that. The love he must have had for all of us. Heck, by that time, with all the crazy, whacked-out people over there in Israel sacrificing their children on the altars of Baal and Moloch and Asherah, and nobody wanting to listen to God and doing all the crazy stuff they were doing, I'd have just said, I've had it, I'm bringing them to the flood, I'm flushing the planet again, let's do it again. didn't do that. He allowed himself to be sacrificed for us through his blood. We need to realize that his DNA transmitter from his spilled blood literally cries out through all of the dimensions of time-space, rewriting our DNA to bring us back to God. When we accept Jesus Christ, our DNA is literally rewritten and restored by God Almighty. We become the righteousness of God through Christ, is what the Word says. Through Christ's sacrifice and the spilling of His blood is why our sins are forgiven as far as the east is from the west. This is why God no longer remembers them because we are forgiven and we are under the blood of the Lamb. By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony, this is how much God loves us. That when we accept Jesus through faith, He literally rewrites our DNA. We are restored to Him, into His energy field, into His realm, and wherever He is in heaven as a blood covenant through Christ. The mark of the beast will most likely be. That's why it says, don't allow yourself to take it. Rewrite human DNA to that of the fallen one. Are you listening to me? The Mark of the Beast will probably rewrite human DNA to that of the fallen one, to Lucifer and his angels. That's why I talked about on yesterday's show about how, is this the end of Homo sapien on the planet Earth as they come in with mRNA shots and try to rewrite our DNA? It's very important that we understand what we do when we take a shot like this and we start to change ourselves from a DNA standpoint. So that's why it's so important that we realize that we cannot take the mark of the beast. Remember, this war in the heavenlies has been going on for millennia. I mean, for who knows, thousands, hundreds of thousands of years. We have no idea. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, finally God said, it is finished. I talked about this. I said, we got to reach out and take hold of the victory we have through Christ. But we don't do that. We capitulate. You know, it's like when Peter was in the boat with Jesus. And Jesus comes walking out to the boat on the water, walking on the water. And Peter looks at him and says, well, Lord, call out and call me, and I'll come out there with you. So Peter hops out and starts walking on the water towards Jesus. But then Jesus was walking towards Peter and... Peter's walking toward Jesus, and Peter took his eyes off of Christ, and he looked at the waves, and he looked at the events around him, and he sunk, and then Jesus saved him. Guys, we've got to keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's why I talk about that all the time. We've got to keep our eyes on Jesus, for he is the author, he is the finisher, he is the perfecter of our faith. Why do I say this on the shows all the time? It's because of that. Okay, When they change us, This in this war of the heavenlies and they start to give us foreign DNA and they start to make it something else. This is transhumanism. These fallen demonic creatures are so angry that Jesus and God did this because, remember, they are not omnipresent. They can't go back to Calvary and turn off the DNA transmitter from an omnipresent almighty God. Therefore, they're doing everything they can to corrupt human DNA. They're doing it through chemtrails, Magellan's, nanotechnology, fluoride, vaccines, cancer, Nagalase, drugs, GMOs, anything at all to destroy God's children because they hate God so much. Now they're attacking the immune system in full force with MNR vaccines. But listen to me, guys if we're saved by the blood of the Lamb, our DNA, though it may be damaged, is renewed by Christ's blood continually we've got to get that the dna that we're being continually bombarded with from jesus is broadcast through all time space from the beginning to the end i'm the alpha i'm the omega i'm the beginning i'm the end by the blood of jesus we're continually restored these ancient entities these follow ones they can't stop the blood of christ from doing continual DNA repair for all eternity. Why do you think they're so mad? You know, they're so angry. Why? Because why does Lucifer run around as a roaring lion seeking those who he may devour? God, <laughs> listen to me. It says who he may devour. That's why they're so angry. Because he may not devour us. Because we are covered by the blood of the Lamb. The power of our testimony. Jesus completely and totally covers us in his blood. That's why every single day I pray the blood of Christ over all of you. That's why I do that. Because it protects you. It's, it's like the, it's like the, in Ephesians when it talks about wearing the armor of God and the blood of the lamb. And we're protected by that. That's why he's so mad. He can pretend like he's going to do this or pretend like he's going to do that. But in the final outcome, let's say he drops a nuke on your head. Okay? You don't die. You go right straight to heaven. He can't do anything to you. And that's the thing that we have to understand. It's by faith that we accept Jesus. And it's through the blood of the Lamb that we're sanctified through Christ, through the eternal covenant that we have with him. A, a much, much better covenant than it had in the Old Testament with the blood of bulls and goats. It talks about it in Hebrews. Because there's no way it can be changed because he's omnipresent. And we got to realize that this energy that God is permeating the universe with is what we saw with Moses on the Mount of Transfiguration. We have to remember, the Bible says that God is light. And we've got to understand what that means. If, if you actually go back in and you Google that or you look it up, you'll find all kinds of references on what light is and what God is. And if you understand that, it starts to make more sense because it's a photonic thing that deals with light energy and the blood. In fact, I'll read you a couple of them. First John 1.5. This is the message we've heard from him and announced to you that God is light. And in him there is no darkness of all. And we've got to remember that. It's all throughout the Old Testament. It's through the Ezekiel. It's through Psalms. It's through Hosea. It's through Isaiah. It's through Luke. Luke 2.9. And the angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, <laughs> the glory of the Lord shone about them, and they were terribly afraid. Abaka three four his radiance is like the sunlight, he has rays flashing from his hand, and there is hiding of and there is the hiding of his power. You know, guys, listen to me, God is so amazing because every photon in the universe. Knows what every other photon is doing. This is quantum mechanics. We know that now. We understand that now. And we understand that it's through the light and through the blood of the Lamb, through the power of our testimony, through the photonic energy interface that we have with Christ, that we're continually restored. Remember what happened, you know, when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration and all of a sudden Moses shows up and the other prophets show up and they all started glowing? That's what they're talking about there. And, you know, When we become a Christian, and I can see that from my old pictures when I wasn't walking with the Lord back when I was like 20, 21 years old. I see the pictures of myself, and then I can see myself in the photographs after I got saved at the age of 23, and my appearance is transformed. You know, our photonic energy is literally changed by the blood of the Lamb. Remember, in the universe, every proton knows what every other proton is doing at the exact same time. There is no distance variable in interdimensional quantum mechanics. We've got to get that. That's why the blood of Jesus permeates all time space for all eternity. Because, guys, you're sanctified by the blood of the Lamb. And so if we understand that and we understand who Jesus is and what plasma physics is... And what happens when we're basically covered up by the blood through the energy field of God Almighty, who's omnipresent, also remember that means he's everywhere at all times, including his spirit. And we've got to understand that if we understand who he is and what he's done for us, it changes everything. You know, it's, it's interesting when you, when you look at the human being itself. And you start looking at what DNA is. You start realizing that we have a specific frequency that measures scalar potential of your biophotons. That's pretty much how we are formed. Again, this is why Moses glowed when he came off the mountain after he was in the presence of God. You know, we have to understand what happens. You know, And, and you start to realize that when you start doing all kinds of experimentation with blood, it changes everything. And we we need to understand that if you take blood from a dead person, you can't put it into a live person. I don't think if they just died, you'll kill the live person. The Bible tells us that the life is in the blood. And we've got to realize that as Christians. And this is the thing, that I guess, that kind of grates me a little bit. When I try to hear and talk to a pastor about the power that we have through the resurrection of Jesus, through the blood of the Lamb, through the new covenant that we have, it's always a nod. You know, they have their little linen hanky in their pocket and they and they look at me and they nod and, and they, they say, well, that's nice. That's nice. <laughs> it's a lot more than nice, my friends. It really is everything. So that's why I want you to share this broadcast with everyone that you possibly know. I want them to understand who we are in Christ, what his blood did for us, why it's so important that we take communion because it reminds us of the continual restoration that we have from God through the blood of the Lamb. We partake in the body and the blood of Jesus to show God that we're willing and obedient to do that. And then we confess our sins unto the Lord. And we basically continue to understand what he did for us on Calvary. Can you imagine, I talked about this yesterday, about how these people felt who nailed Jesus to the cross who stood the cross up into its post hole and basically watched him suffer. And then suddenly, (laughs) you know, after a few hours, he's basically, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Who does that? The people who just crucified you. That would be God. And then he goes, it is finished. And the entire temple area was shaken by a violent earthquake. The temple curtain, this thick, thick curtain, like six inches thick, that separated the sanctuary and the Holy of Holies was ripped from top to bottom. God reached down from heaven, literally in my opinion, and grabbed that curtain and snatched it apart and ripped it in half to open up the Holy of Holies. It showed there was no longer, it was no longer necessary to have the blood of bulls and goats shed that Jesus had done this. And I personally believe, and I believe this with all of my heart. The Bible says through Christ, all things are held together and the entire planet started shaking violently. And I really do believe if God Almighty had not intervened and stopped it, the earth would have come apart by the seams and we had turned into another asteroid belt here and everybody on the planet would have been completely destroyed along with the planet. But God Almighty stepped in and stopped it and stopped the violent earthquakes. Maybe the whole sky went black. What would you think if you're the one who had dropped the post hole and put Jesus on the cross and stood him up or had driven the nails into his hands and suddenly you see the whole planet go black and start to come apart Huh. I'd be pretty stressed out. You know, I there's a good movie out there. That you know, it came out a few years ago and it, it shows Jesus and you know basically what happened at the crucifixion. And this centurion there, you know, and the centurion looks at the uh the leader and says when this all is going on, this centurion is in tears. And he goes, "Surely we crucified an innocent man." And the guy was never right. He had to leave they took it for the rest of the movie. He never showed back up again. And guys, listen to me. Think about what happened that day on Calvary and how it changed you and changed me for all eternity. And if we understand that, it'll change you. Now, I'm going to talk to you for a second, too, about this RNA shot and all these different things that people do. A lot of people get all wrapped up, and I'm not saying that medicine is not important. I'm not saying that antibiotics aren't important. I'm not saying that you know taking some types of drugs, if you have infections or whatever, are not important. But listen to me. The most important thing that we can do in our health and our life and everything else is to understand that we're sanctified by the blood of the Lamb. Jesus' stripes healed us. It says that in the Bible. And we need to understand that, and we need to take hold of that also. Am I saying that you shouldn't have medicine? No. You know, Austin broke his arm a few months ago. We had to go in. We had to get it set. We had to get it cast. There's nothing wrong with that. You have to do that. You, sometimes you've got to do things. But don't get yourself caught up into the medical model where you completely rely on mainstream medicine and science, which is all Rothschild, Rockefeller-controlled medicine. That's based upon the germ theory and based upon basically there's always something wrong with you and we've got to fix it. A lot of people get caught up in this. They start getting one test done, which leads to another test. Then it gets another test and gets to another test and gets to another test. And finally, they're told by a medical authority, if you don't listen to me, if you don't do what I'm telling you to do, you're going to be dead immediately. They don't know that. It's like they shake some kind of voodoo stick on you to try to curse you. And in the meantime, you're being billed thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars for all these tests that are doing, many of which are completely and totally unnecessary. And the only reason they're doing them is trying to cover themselves from a liability standpoint. just thought I'd mention that. Or all the positive tests that are negative or all the negative tests that are positive and all the mistakes that are made in laboratories. That's why you always make sure that you get two or three people giving you different opinions, different prognoses, different treatment protocols when you have to go in and have something serious done. Is there another way of doing this that doesn't require surgery? Is there another way of doing this that I don't have to get radiated? Is there another way of doing this that I don't have to have chemotherapy done to me? Always try to find alternatives. But remember, if you go to a doctor long enough, they will find something that's going to eventually end up having you to end up in surgery or on drugs or some type of protocol. I'm letting you know that in advance. I had a friend of mine who was a pastor many years ago, and, he had a great mother. She was absolutely wonderful, and she was always sick. She was a hypochondriac. I mean, I, I love her, and was, she was a hypochondriac. I mean, you know, she'd have on her tombstone if she could. I imagine, uh, you know, I told you I was sick. <laughs> was a hypochondriac. There was always something wrong with her. And I'll never forget this. And I'm not belaboring. I'm not mentioning any names. She finally went to a doctor who gave her all of these protocols. And finally, he said to her, "We're going to do exploratory surgery on you. We're going to go take a look." Now, exploratory surgery was something that needed to be done long before they had the MRIs or CAT scans. I got that, okay? But just to cut somebody open from their sternum to their pubic bone and start looking around and poking around inside the organs, you're setting yourself up for septus. You're setting yourself up for an infection. And that's exactly what happened to her. There was nothing wrong with her. She's hypochondriac. She's having all kinds of health issues, and she was always sick for as long as I had known her. So she went in, and and I pleaded with her, please don't let them do this to you. And she did. And she was dead four days later, and I went to the funeral. I've seen it. I can tell you story after story after story after story just like that. When you step into the mainstream medical model, I do my best, and I'm not giving you advice on this. You do what you want to do on this. You can check with your medical doctor on this. And if you've got serious health problems in the past or have DNA problems like colon rectal cancer in your mother or father or whatever, and you want to go get screened for polyps and all those different things, that's entirely up to you. But listen to me. They'll always find another test to do. They'll always find something else to do. I try to avoid all that stuff. You know, every so often I get my blood tested. I get my testosterone checked. I get my cholesterol checked. Make sure everything's doing well. Get my vitamin D3 checked, which is really important. And then I let it go. And then I try to mitigate anything that's, quote, wrong by dietary change or by exercise or by lifestyle change. If you eat clean and you eat the foods that God told you to eat and you stay healthy You'll be healthy pretty much all the days of your life. Remember, we didn't have all of this medical intervention 100 years ago, and people lived a lot longer than they did now. Now, remember, you say, well, no, they don't, Ted. The statistics don't prove that. Okay, let's stop for a second. I did the math on this. They tell us we live longer now than we did 100 years ago. Here's the problem. Right now what we do in the United States, if we have an infant that basically may have some health issues or basically the parent doesn't want that infant – they abort that fetus, they kill it, they kill that human. All right. That human at that point is never considered to be taken into the medical statistics of timelines on how long we live. And I did the math on it a few years ago. We have the highest infant death rate in the world in the United States. This is after birth. We also have the leading cause of death in children age 14 and under, other than accidents, is cancer in the United States. And all of these things attribute to the age expectancy and life expectancy of the United States, if you took the amount of abortions we have every single year and you factored that in from a statistical standpoint to the amount of children that die within the first couple of years of their life, our ma- our age life expectancy is massively skewed downwards, because when you get a bunch of children that are dying at childbirth and being included into the death and life statistics and age statistics, you know, you have a child that's born and dies immediately, and you figure into the average life expectancy of one other individual who lives to be 100. That means the average life expectancy, 100 divided by 2, is now 50. I'm assuming everybody followed the math on that. If you take and put back in the life and death statistics of all these aborted fetuses and all these aborted children we've had, we don't live any longer than we did hundred years ago, in spite of all of the advanced quote unquote medicine and training that these doctors have had. I remember years ago, I was on with, you know, a number one station. I was on with Stephen Vicky in, in, in Atlanta. And I started talking about the days back in the nineties and I started talking about the dangers of hydrogenated oils and trans fats and how they massively increase the risks of heart disease, diabetes and cancer. And I remember one of the top universities in that city came back and demanded equal time because they said I didn't want to know what I was talking about. Uh, this is a true story, guys. I don't make anything up. And what ends up happening is they call me up like, you know, a couple months later. And they said, well, would you like to come back and say something else about this? And I said, yeah. But in the meantime, the Food and Drug Administration had, been, had told everybody they had to start listing trans fats on their labels. And when they asked how much trans fat was safe, they said there was no available amount that was safe. It was that toxic. And I'd warned people not to use margarine. I'd warned them not to use Crisco. I'd told them to use real butter with olive oil in it. I'd warned them, told them all the healthy things to do. But yet this university and their medical school would absolutely berserk and equal, equal, and demanded equal time so that they could try to tell the people the truth about how good margarine was. Well, then Vicky and Steve came back with me a couple, of, you know, a few, about six months later, I guess it was. I don't remember the exact timeline. And this time I wasn't live in the studio. I was here in my office, right 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 next, right, right next to me where my, where my desk is. And I said to them, they, Steve said to me, well, this university said that you were crazy. How do you respond to that? And my response was very simple. I said, they're absolutely right. I'm crazy enough to believe that we don't have to leave the world when it comes to heart disease, diabetes, and cancer. That we don't have to have the, the highest infant death rate of any industrialized country. The leading cause of death in our country, age 14 and under, doesn't have to, for children, doesn't have to be cancer. So that makes me crazy, Stephen, Vicky. that makes me completely certifiably crazy because I don't believe any of those statistics should actually be there for any of us. I believe that if we should be walking in divine health because, you know, and that's like I mentioned today, I didn't say this on the show, because we're sanctified by the blood of the Lamb, and through the power of our testimony. And then and, and they kind of looked at me kind of funny and they said, oh, oh, well, let's do a show. And then we proceeded to talk about how that university was wrong. And I was basically, and they had to come back and 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 Steve and Vicki had to admit that the Food and Drug Administration had agreed with me. And see, this is the thing we've got to understand. I spent years and years talking about the problems associated with high-fat luncheon meats, primarily pork products, and products that contain sodium nitrite. Because sodium nitrite is one of the worst things that you can put into your body. It reacts with stomach acid to form nitrosamines. And nitrosamines are one of the most potent gastrointestinal cancer inducing agents known to man. So if you have a pepperoni, you know, pepperoni pizza, you're introducing these, 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 these nitrites into your body, these nitrosamines. And see, you've got to look at your labels and you've got to realize there are certain things to avoid. And then if you have a diet soda that contains aspartame, which is, di- which is basically something that's unbelievably poisonous. It causes brain tumors, brain cancer, seizures, headaches, optic nerve degradation, blindness. You have a pepperoni pizza and a diet soda. You combine that aspartame with that nitrite. That forms what's called the dichediopeperazine in neurochemistry. That degrades to form what's called the nitrosurea, And nitrosurea are the one of the most effective agents known to man for producing malignant brain tumors in laboratory animals. That's why so many people have brain cancer now that, and holding their cell phone next to their head. We have an epidemic of brain cancer in the United States and in the world because of this. But yet, when the World Health Organization comes out and tells you not to eat pork because it's the primary cause of cancer globally, which they did a few years back, people want to listen to them. But when God's word says don't eat pork, don't eat shellfish, don't eat skinfish, don't eat eels, don't eat vultures, don't eat crab, don't eat lobster, you know, we don't want to listen to that. We really don't. Remember, guys, a lobster is an arthropod. A cockroach (laughs) is an arthropod. All a lobster is is a giant cockroach that runs around on the bottom of the ocean eating all kinds of filth from the bottom of the ocean. They're a scavenger feeder. and They clean up the ecosystem for God. They do. That's what they're designed to do. Same thing with pigs. They'll eat anything. But yet we want to eat pork and we want to eat shellfish. Now you guys are saying, well, gosh, Ted, you're really meddling now. Now you're telling us what we should and shouldn't eat. Yeah, I am. I am, because if we don't do what we're supposed to do, then we have all kinds of health problems. A lot of people eat a lot of oil that's bad. Soybean oil is super bad for you. Canola oil is super bad for you. They, got way, they have way too much omega-6 in them. They cause the blood to get real, real thick and congeal. makes it very difficult for the blood to flow properly. You've got to use olive oil. Use real butter. Okay, You can use all these different types of oils. You know, Sharon, I'll bring Sharon on in a few weeks, and I'll have her do a whole segment on the different types of oil and the cooking that you can do. But listen to me. If you don't eat the right foods, your body's not going to stay together like it's supposed to. It starts to break down. It starts to degenerate. If you don't get the right vitamins and minerals, which holds the cellular matrix together and the energy field together that – is a human being. If you don't have the right nutrients and minerals in that, it simply won't stay together properly. You start to degenerate very, very quickly, and you age incredibly fast. I go to my class reunion, and I'm shocked. A lot of a lot of my people that graduated with me, you know, back in '73, are dead. They're just they're just gone. They're they're not they're not coming to another reunion, and a lot of the other ones are incredibly sick, and they look incredibly old. And the reason for that is is that when you eat the wrong foods, you have a massive cellular turnover and the cells that are being replaced and replacing the first set of cells are like a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy on a photocopier and the quality starts going down more and more and more. You only get so many cell divisions in a lifetime according to some theorists and after that we die because it deals these deals with mitochondria and telomeres. And see what we have to understand is if you keep the cells alive and healthy longer, they don't have to be replaced by the body over and over and over again. But when you feed them high fat luncheon meats, aspartame, trans fats, shellfish, sugar, soybean oil, all the the, the horrible stuff, it, you're you, you age very quickly. It's like with coffee. And I'm not putting some halo over my head because every once in a while I'll still drink a cup of coffee, okay? But I don't drink it every day. When I was in graduate school at Florida State, I used to drink 18 cups of coffee a day. And i tell you what, at the age of 27, I almost died of heart disease. I couldn't believe how sick I got. Why is that? Because coffee elevates cortisol. Cortisol massively causes you to age very, very quickly. It's very hard on your body to get sleep and rest at night when you drink that much coffee. Use the purple sticks. We have them in inventory. I use them every day. I had them this morning. They have green tea. They've got green tea in them that has caffeine in them, but that type of caffeine doesn't elevate your cortisol. It gives you energy. You feel great, and it's got B vitamins in it, so it's like taking a vitamin stick throughout the day, and it keeps you going, and you're not running into your cortisol, which is running into your basically telomere function, which is aging you very, very quickly. And then you get the folks out there that want to use drugs, and they, they age themselves with drugs. I've seen that with meth and everything else. You see them a few years later. You see them again. They've aged 20 years. It's because you, you can't burn a candle on both ends and not have it burn half as long. That, it's just, that's just how it works. Our bodies basically only can last for a certain timeline. We have an expiration date on them, and we have to understand that. That's why we've got to take care of them. What did Will Rogers say? It's so funny, one of his funniest quotes. He goes, if I had known I was going to live this long, I'd have taken better care of myself. <laughs> I mean, if you're 60, 70, 80 years old and you're falling apart, you can't even get out of a chair, you probably should have taken better care of yourself when you're 18, 19, 20, 30 years old. So I want to cover that today with you because I want to tie all that together with the blood of Jesus. You know, it's our responsibility while we're on this earthly plane that we will be leaving and going directly to heaven because of the blood of the Lamb. It's our responsibility while we're here to take care of ourselves to the best of our abilities. And that means to eat the right foods. Eat as much organic as you can. Don't eat the bad foods, which we've already covered a bunch of them. same thing with alcohol. You know, alcohol, I know I'm meddling again. Now guys, listen to me. Every once in a while I'll have a beer, all right? Or a glass of Baileys or something like that or a glass of wine. But I'm talking like once a year, all right? That's about it. But the thing about it is we have to understand something. Alcohol increases the risks of pancreatic cancer, liver cancer, cirrhosis of the liver, alcoholism, osteoporosis, and breast cancer. I've got a friend of mine just the other day, his wife's passing kidney stones, but she gets about four you know, hard drinks every single night. Alcohol precipitates calcium. It'll give you kidney stones. It'll also cause osteoporosis and osteoporotic fractures. You gotta get that. And I've never heard anyone in my life say, my life was a wreck and I started drinking. <laughs> Everything got better. I've seen the exact opposite, and I just try to avoid alcohol to the best of my ability. Because when people get drunk, you know, you got good drunks and you got happy drunks and you got mean drunks, and some people just get outright dirt dog mean. I was speaking to a friend of mine the other day whose dad was an alcoholic, and the dad would get drunk and get real cutting and real mean. You know, we saw that just a couple of days ago. You know, a big article came out on Drudge, you know, that Jerry Lewis was unbelievably mean. And had all kinds of addiction problems. And you think that he's got this great personality. You see him on TV. I never cared for him as a comedic, com- as a com comedian. I thought he, I, I thought he was awful personally. But you know, you find out later his personal life. He's scared to death. He's going to die. He's scared of all these things. He cuts off his own family members. When you get people involved with alcohol or with drugs, their personalities change. And so, if you're drinking alcohol to self-medicate, or you're smoking cigarettes to self-medicate, Why don't you try Jesus? (laughs) I just thought I'd mention that. Why don't you ask God to deliver you from these addictions and try Jesus? Because if you do it that way, it's going to change your life forever and for eternity. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Austin, are you still with me? Yeah.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: <laughs> Go ahead and finish up the show. I appreciate you guys, but I want to give you a message of hope and of encouragement today. I love you guys, and I appreciate you. Austin, finish it up, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.
0: Yes, absolutely. And continue to stand up for the freedom and truth for these young children as well. You know, I say that every day, and I mean that sincerely. What we've seen happen to the younger generation has nothing been short of full-blown child abuse, and they're doing this intentionally, as Dad as just said. They're going after the younger generation because they know what's going to happen in the future, and they're training and grooming these young children. The fact that we're seeing now so many kids that are completely and totally coming down with gender dysphoria, this is not a normal problem. This has never been a common issue in any civilized society for young children to not know if they're a boy or a girl or a walrus or a broom. This isn't normal. This has never happened. The only reason this ever occurs is when you start introducing and indoctrinating young, pliable minds into this perversion. And that's why it discusses in the Bible very specifically. You know, basically, whoever hurts these young children, they're better off with a millstone tied around their neck. Basically, you're going to burn in hell for eternity for doing this to these kids because they don't have a choice. They don't know any better. They're just following the authority that tells them to do these things. That's why I've been so adamant. I saw an article earlier now in California of Dr. Richard Pan, the complete and total hardcore leftist communist piece of crap. He basically is bringing in this new measure to keep schools open and safe, reads the headlines, with Senate Bill SB 277, what they put together. And it goes on now that mandates all businesses to require their employees and contractors to get the injection, which we saw that. Now it's requiring all children to be injected in order to go to school. Now, but what's interesting about it, with all the stuff they're doing in California, the uh, finally somebody said it: the four million welfare recipients and homeless and drug addicts and people walking around the streets and living in tent cities and getting free money from the government and getting SNAP and WIC and all these other government subsidies. Oh yeah, you're not you're not required to get the injection in order to get free money. I brought that up last year in detail when they were going and talking about, oh, it's, you're mandated to get the shot. You're mandated. It's mandated you get the shot if you want to work. I said, can I, can I, can I ask a question here? Um, why, why is not one single politician or bumbling buffoon or CNN rep or Walensky at C you know, the CBC or Fauci or anybody? Why isn't anybody? mandated that in order to get your welfare and WIC and SNAP and you know your food subsidies and your free Section 8 housing and your cell phone and all the free money people are getting from the government in perpetuity pretty much, why, why aren't we mandating those people have to get the injection? Oh, well, wait, you can't tell somebody they have to get the shot in order to basically get their welfare. You can't do that. <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute. So if I want to be a hardworking American that pays insanely over amount of taxes and continue to support the economy and my family and the community, you're telling me I have to get an experimental RNA injection into my body. But if I want to quit my job and get free handouts from the government because you know what, I don't really have anything else to do besides just leech, um, yeah, I, I don't. You're not required to get that at all. That right there showed you 100%. The communist indoctrination and the communist mantra that they're promoting and pushing all across the country right now. That is why they're so adamant about trying to force people to get this insanely disgusting shot. And it was interesting. I saw an article the other day, and it was very disturbing. And it was talking about – it it was from a – it was supposed to be from a Christian writer. It made me so mad. The title was My Body is a Temple. Vaccine hesitancy, religious exemptions, and the integrity of Christian witness. And listen to what it says in here. It says, so people have reached for religious exemptions as a ready-made solution for their fears. This should give Christians pause. Freedom of religion plays an important role in our society, but it is always a danger of being abused. As Christians, we have a vested interest in ensuring that it's not. Christian witnesses have always been grounded, first and foremost, not in individual liberty, but in self-sacrifice for the well-being of others. That is why it is crucial everybody get their vaccine. What? So it doesn't matter. the RNA technology is experimental. It doesn't matter that this is the first ever use of RNA gene transfer technology against an infectious disease doesn't matter this is the first ever vaccine to make no claims or guarantees about reducing infection or the transmittability of death it's the first ever covid vaccine ever tested on humans it's the first ever genetically modified polynucleotide in a general population oh yeah that's that's totally cool though because it's, remember guys it's for your safety Thank you again for the continued support. Stay strong, stay firm, stay prepped as always. Continue to get the truth out there. If you guys need anything, give us a call, healthmasters.com. Lots of different specials on Health Masters product of the week. As you guys have seen now, the zinc glycinate along with the HGH stimulate on sale, the purple sticks. Check it out, my friends. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow as always.